All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Welcome into a Sherwood Ford Giant game day edition of Oilers Nation every day with me, Tyler Uramchuk, coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. Another matinee for the Edmonton Oilers, one of a million Saturday afternoon matinees for the team. And boy, could they ever use a big victory. We will be breaking it all down. As always, we are live on the Oilers Nation Twitter, on the Oilers Nation Facebook, and on the Nation Network YouTube, where we want to hear your comments. I see Rusty, Electronic Jordan, Adam, Danger Suede. Everyone's rolling into the chat. Head over to our YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. If you're already there watching on YouTube, do me a solid. Hammer that like button as well. It would mean a lot to me. I see there's you know 12 of you already chomping at the bit for the show. Just hit the like button while you're here. It's super easy. Uh, all right. Oilers, Panthers. Let's just, we're going to start things on a positive note. The Oilers win today. They come out of a road trip in which they faced three legitimate Stanley Cup contenders and another playoff team, and they could come out of it 500 with four of the eight points. That is a damn good spot to be in. I'll take it. Let's bring in Liam Horbin, who I know believes the Edmonton Oilers will get a victory here tonight. Liam, you, you feeling it? You feeling good? It's a Saturday. The sun's out. Weather's not too bad. Yeah, the weather's not bad. I got my Matthew Chuck Turtle t-shirt on. So that's got to give us some good vibes. I got I my that. lucky, I got my lucky socks on, which I wore against Tampa Bay the other day. We got a lot of good mojo going on. I had a good breakfast, so 
I'm hoping for the best for the Oilers today. Hopefully they were well rested after a tough loss the other night. But got to be positive. Got to be positive. You know what we're going to have to talk about right off the bat is uh, people are saying in the chat that I look like I could star as a 1980s detective. So let's get a little zoom in here. What does everyone think? Huh? It's terrible. It's terrible, but I don't know. I'll keep rolling with it. Anyways, the chat, I saw Adam was already saying that stash. Yes, um, I, I'm keeping it. I will keep it. And maybe if it sparks an Oilers like winning streak, maybe I'll like go until the Oilers lose again. Uh, but anyways, I'm loving the optimism we're seeing in the chat already here. Uh, Liam, you mentioned it. You're rocking that turtle shirt. Matt Kachuk coming back today after a two-game mm-hmm. suspension. If this, you know, you know, like the NFL, they suspended Deshaun Watson, like right up until his game against the Houston Texans. I feel like the the NHL really didn't. And that's maybe a bad comparison, but I feel like the NHL didn't want Kachuk to miss this game. This is going to be good theater with Matt Kachuk back in the lineup. Yeah, it is. When it happened, I didn't even think about it. And obviously looking at the road trip, you see it's like, oh, how convenient Edmonton roll into town the day Kachuk's back. I mean, it's a televised game in the U.S., right? So I'm sure they want all the drama they can have. To be fair, he probably could have, he probably deserved a couple more games for what he did. But for entertainment value, like I'm excited to see Kachuk go up against the Oilers. It's a shame the Oilers obviously won't have Kane to be that little bit of an agitator for them. But the real Clem Shady, as Bag Milk called him yesterday, Clem Costs, and I'll be in the team for the Oilers. So hopefully, he can kind of bring that edge, and maybe, maybe he's the one who kind of engages with Kajuk a little bit because you know he's going to be out there trying to stir some stuff up. He's going to do something, yeah. Like that's, mm-hmm. I mean, we all know Matt Kachuk well enough now uh, to this point that, yeah, it wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if he was the one stirring anything up. Uh, we're going to get to our keys to the game. We're going to do all of that good stuff here, our lineup report. Uh, but first, let's take a look at kind of what we know about this Florida Panthers hockey team. And early in the year, they were actually decent at playing like low event hockey. They were great at suppressing shots and things like that. But over their last seven games, that's kind of taken a bit of a turn. They've turned into this just high event hockey team. In their last seven games, these are the total number of shots on goal. 77, 83, 77, 83, 63, 84, 73. 70 plus shots on goal in six of their last seven games. Keep that in mind when we start talking about keys to victory tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. This is a Florida team, and maybe it had something to do with Aaron Eckblad being out of the lineup. They've been missing their number one defenseman, but I also think it's a comment on, you know, yeah, you brought in Matt Kachuk. You lost Jonathan Huberto, who's a pretty decent two-way forward. You lost Mackenzie Wieger, who was mm-hmm. maybe your best peer defensive defenseman. You lose Aaron Eckblad to injury. I don't know. I, I think this is a Florida team that could maybe be exposed more than the Florida team last year. You drinking orange juice? A little orange juice in my Oilers Nation Cup. I love that. Oh, you should have <laughs> given me the heads up. We could have been OJ boys today. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Florida's playing a lot of high event hockey recently is my point. And I think that's an area where maybe the Oilers can expose them a little. We've seen this team. Think about the game against Carolina. No, not the most recent game against Carolina. Think about the game at Rogers Place against Carolina. And... You know, that was a game where it was really back and forth. There was a ton of shots on net for either side, and Edmonton found a way to come on top. I think that's a style of play that the Oilers should be okay with, a style of play, a style of game that should benefit the team as well. Yeah, I think, like you said, like this feels like a, a very unfamiliar Florida team, I guess. It feels a lot different. Like You've listed a few of the guys on there anymore. But you look at some of the teams they've been playing recently, and 
Aaron Neckblad should be back tonight, right? That's yeah. pretty much confirmed. So you look at the teams, or they've played like in the last six or seven. You got something? Uh, no, no, no. Keep going, keep going. Okay. They've not played like a lot of difficult teams and they've been losing. Like they lost Arizona. I believe they lost to Philadelphia too. Like they're not losing to like, they're not being really good teams. I think on paper, yes, Florida looks like a good team and they are a good team. Don't get me wrong. But I think this is actually a really good chance for the Oilers to get a big momentum win again and go yeah. 2-0 in Florida. Um, people saying 70 plus, that's unreal. That It's 70 total shots, like between Florida and their opponent. Like that was to illustrate that it's a lot of back and forth hockey, not a lot of dump and chase. Florida loves throwing the puck on net. And lately they've been prone to giving up a lot of shots. Look at their last game. It was against Carolina earlier in the week. They gave up 40 shots. Granted, mm-hmm. Spencer Knight stopped every single one of them, but they still gave up 40 shots. Yeah, it's a 70 plus combined shots on goal. Can you imagine if Florida was actually putting up like more than a shot per minute on a regular basis? That would be that'd be rather insane. Like a little junior B game in like Hinton or something like that. <laughs> yeah, for one team's just way better than the other one. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, take a look at the chat here. Adam says it's greasy. I love it. I know what he's talking about, but I'm going to pretend you're talking about the game. Like the Oilers are going to need a really greasy effort tonight against the Florida Panthers. I mean, we joked about this with bag milk, but like they they lose the games that are supposed to win. They should have beaten Washington. They should have beaten Carolina. They win the games they're supposed to lose. The game against Tampa, second of back-to-backs, that's one where like at the beginning of the season when you kind of, you know, look through the schedule real quick. You kind of see, yeah, that's a scheduled loss. Second of back-to-backs against a rested Lightning team. You find a way to win that game. So, um, I mean, today, I don't know what I'm expecting, but I would certainly hope it's a better effort from the Oilers. And credit where it's due, this is a team that, for the most part this season, have they really had back-to-back poor efforts? You know, against Mm -hmm. Vancouver, start the season, that was a good game. Against Calgary, I thought they played pretty good. Against Buffalo, they got goalied. They played fine in that game. Carolina was a good game. St. Louis was poor. They bounced back with a win against Pittsburgh. You know, they beat St. Louis. They beat Chicago. They were on that nice little uh, four or five game winning streak. They have a bad game against Dallas. Maybe the Dallas-Washington games back-to-back are the two where you could look at and be like, okay, that was was two where they definitely needed to be better. But aside from that, I actually think this team's been pretty good at putting their poor performances behind them. Yeah, they, they they have been, they've done a good job of bouncing back. The issue is, is sustaining that success. Like, yes, we saw the five game win streak, but I don't know, like besides that, like there's just been so many up and ups and ups and downs, like a toilet seat as old uh, Ken Holland likes to yep. say. So yeah, tonight, I, I well, this afternoon, I guess, two hours away. I don't really know what to expect. Like I'm expecting him to play well. I think that's, a, that's something to expect. I think it's important. Like we've said this for the past week, maybe even longer, like depth guys have really got to show up for this team. And it's not, I'm not talking about like Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, like Puyavi, Fogel, like those guys got to step up and they've got to contribute in a big way. And, and credit to Fogel. Does, I think he's actually played really well on this road trip. Maybe not quite Washington, but played well against Tampa Bay, got the goal, obviously uh, made that big block at the end of the game, played well on the penalty kill. Um, again, who did they play the other day? Carolina, he had that good chance going in on the goal, like four checking hard. Like, that's all you need from him. You, we're not asking him to score 30 goals a season. We're asking him to just contribute positively is, a, I guess, a big way to put it for all these guys right now. Just small steps, I guess. And Puyavi, like, 
he's got he's playing with McDavid. Eventually, he's got to start producing. I do believe he will. So those are two guys. I think Skinner will play well today. I mean, Skinner really let us down all this season. I don't think we can say there's one game where it's like, oh, that wasn't great. Like, you look at the Washington game, the penalty kill was horrendous. Yeah. Like, he's he's been our rock, and I, I, I'm excited to see him play, and I think they've got to roll with him a little bit here. So let's get into the goaltending matchup tonight. It's Spencer Knight against Stuart Skinner. Uh, Spencer Knight, 5-1-0, 2.18 GAA, 9.25 save percentage. Skinner has equally impressive numbers, but he's allowed nine goals against in his last two. Like you pointed out, though, a lot of that coming when the Oilers were shorthanded. And that actually, that idea of it sparked me to go take a look at the five-on-five numbers between these two. And... Man, Skinner and Knight have been two of the best goalies in the NHL. Of the goalies who have played at least 250 minutes at 5-on-5, five five, Skinner is second in, in save percentage. Knight is sixth. Skinner is second in high danger save percentage. Or sorry, Knight is second in high danger save percentage. Skinner's third. So even when these guys are facing a ton of grade-A opportunities at 5-on-5, five five, they're bailing them team their teams out more than pretty much anyone in the NHL. I think Carter Hart's the only one with better numbers than that. Skinner is fourth in five-on-five goals saved above average. Knight is 11th. These are two goalies who are just playing some fantastic hockey right now. So again, while both these teams might be inclined to go run and gun, and if that is the way the game plays out, it's probably going to come down to which goalie stops the most two-on-ones and breakaways. And I, I think, honestly, if you're Edmonton right now, you might be okay with that. Like, as much as you want to start playing a good system and things like that, I, I, don't, I don't hate the idea of just going back and forth and seeing if Skinner can win you one. I, I think with the... I agree. Like, the others need to get into a bit of a system, but also... I don't think just trying to win a hockey game is such a bad thing either. Like, no matter what it takes, just try... 
I, I, I don't hate the idea at all. I know we are having some audio sync problems when it's both of us on the screen. So I apologize to that. Everyone in the chat, if I'm being honest, I don't know how to fix it. So we're just going to kind of keep rolling with it. Uh, Be clean says, hey, Skinner, we got this. Electronic Jordan, I miss Jay and his sexy flannel. Yeah, we miss Jay too. Um, he's just feeling under the weather today. Nothing crazy. Uh, so Jay's sitting this one out. It's just Tyler and Liam today. Um, Adam says, I want to see Darnell play like a $9 million D-man. Here, here's my thing with that. I, I agree that there have been some games this year where Darnell Nurse has not been great. 100%. 100%. If you have the expectations on him to be Kale McCarr, Miro Haskinen, or any other $9 million D-man or players who are close to $9 million, you're going to be disappointed more nights than not. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, the Oilers had to buy UFA years with that contract. You know, there's a difference between signing a 27-year-old player and a 22-year-old player. The guy who's 22 is going to cost you way less on a long-term deal. It's why the Oilers probably shouldn't have bridged Darnell Nurse twice. He costs you more because you had to buy a ton of UFA years. You've identified him as a piece of your core. You keep that guy around. Did they overpay him? Sure. Seth Jones was getting big money. Zach Wierenski, who's, again, three or four years younger, he got big smoke that summer. Everyone was getting big smoke. You had to pay up for Darnell Nurse. Could they have maybe not done it after a strong season like they did? Sure. Yeah, I, I guess. But do you, did you want to run the risk of having Darnell Nurse unsigned until January? Until February, until the next offseason, a guy who's tight with Connor McDavid, who fits in really well with this core, a drafted and developed top-pairing D-man, and he is a top-pairing D-man, even if you might not want to call him a legitimate number one, would you have wanted to run the risk of that guy going to unrestricted free agency? Because I wouldn't have. So if you go in this with the, I need him to play like a $9 million D-man, you're just going to be miserable. He's not going to be that guy, but what is he going to do? Well, I think there's no denying he's the Oilers' best defenseman. He's going to go out there and give you 22 to 25 minutes a game for the bulk of the season. He's going to do it while going up against the best players on the other team, nine nights out of 10. And is he going to make bad turnovers? Sure, that, that'll happen. Is he going to jump up in the rush a few times and leave you shaking your head going, man, defense first? Yeah, probably. Is he going to lose his man in the offensive zone? Sure. But I also think there's something to be said, one, about the expectations, and two, you know, he's on the ice for, again, 22 to 25 minutes a game. He plays more than any Oilers defenseman. That in itself means you're going to see a couple more mistakes just because of the volume of minutes a guy like Darnell Nurse plays. So he's not going to be your, he's not going to be Victor Hedman. He's not in that class, but he's a damn good defenseman. And if you try to imagine this blue line without him, it's frightening. And that's why the Oilers need to go get another left-shot defenseman at some point. Obligated to say Carson Soucy's name right now. But if you can go get another left-shot D-man who can shut down the other team and can play in that kind of a role, you know what's going to happen? Life's going to get easier for Darnell Nurse. All of a sudden, you know, if 16 of his minutes are against the other team's elite competition, well, maybe now only 11 minutes of them are. And in the other 11 minutes, he can be starting in the offensive zone out there with McDavid, playing on the weak shifts, getting the other team's third and fourth line, and maybe Darnell Nurse looks better because you surround him with more talent. Again, remembering what that guy did in the playoffs when he was basically skating skating through an injury that should have kept him out three months, and he played through it and still gave the Oilers solid enough minutes, that can't be forgotten either. So yeah, the Oilers need another, another left-shot D-man because think about this scenario. 
What if Darnell Nurse were to get hurt and miss the next two months? What does the left side of this blue line look like? Liam, that's beyond frightening to think of a scenario where either Nurse or Kulak gets hurt. And what are you running at that point? Ryan Murray in your top four? I, I think people need to cut Darnell Nurse a, a healthy amount of slack right now. Yeah, I, I, he's such an important piece of this team. And while you were saying that whole, whole speech, I, all I kept thinking of, did everyone just kind of forget what he played through in the playoffs for this team yeah. and literally put his body on the line in a horrible way? And hey, don't get me wrong, he wasn't great by any means in the playoffs. Like, but right now, like I think we're seeing a pretty good Darnell Nurse and he's playing minutes that, yes, I understand he gets paid nine and a half, so he's got to play as many, like you want to see him play max minutes, but also he's the best player on this blue line and he helps the others in so many different ways. You've also got to remember he doesn't play any power play. Like he plays every now and then, right? But he's like the third defenseman on the power play and he still puts up relatively good offensive numbers. Like I think we got to cut us a lot of slack considering what else is going on in this blue line right now. And like you said, like if nurse goes down, then yeah, cool. Like I guess steps up, but then you have Ryan Murray as your left shot, second line defenseman. And I know he was a second overall pick, but he really doesn't play like one right now yeah uh, a lot of people in the chat saying they miss Duncan Keith maybe more than we thought and I guess like that's that's fair I think you need a veteran like like Duncan Keith in your lineup and I think he did a lot of good things for a guy like Evan Bouchard as well but if Duncan Keith didn't retire what's your cap situation you'd have an extra five million dollars on the books now, some of you might say, well, maybe you wouldn't have signed Jack Campbell. I don't think we can do that quite yet. The reality is you either had would have had to walk yourself into a bad trade with Pugliarvi or Fogel and then also not re-sign Brett Kulak. There's your Keith five, $5 million. So ask yourself, what are you better with? Fogel slash Pugliarvi plus Kulak or Keith? I think the answer there is the forward depth and the defenseman who's actually probably better in his own end. That Brett Kulak contract's fantastic. Or you wouldn't have a Vander Kane. You can sit there and be like, well, he's hurt now. Who cares? Okay. But would you rather have Duncan Keith or a Vander Kane? Because the cap hits are more or less a wash. I would rather have a Vander Kane. So they miss Duncan Keith, but Duncan Keith could, he couldn't come back and have this team be built the way it is. You need to go get a cheap defenseman. Someone mentioned Scott Mayfield. He's a righty. Could he play the left side? I have no idea. Carson Soucy's the best fit. Everyone knows that. Um, someone in the chat here, Carson Soucy and Jordan Eberle for Broberg, Pugliarvi, and Barry. That's way too much. Way too much to give up. Oh, porn bots. Got to get those out of there. Anyways, <laughs> maybe, they, maybe the porn bots have a better trade proposal than that. Um, but no, like the point being here, you can't give up Broberg plus plus for a rental. I think a, a deal for Susie's for picks or it's for a lower end prospect, but you're, that's way too much. That is way too much of an overpay. Um, McKay says, I think Broberg would be enticing for them and they would do it. That was in response to Rusty. Did Rusty throw uh He just oh, said, oh. I don't think Seattle would go for that. You see, and, hmm. and I think that's too much. Like you got to remember Susie's a UFA at the end of the season. 2.7 million. Jordan Eberle at this point in his career is an overpaid veteran scoring winger. Those guys are, those guys are, they don't cost you that. And Eberle mm -hmm. has term and Eberle's cap hits high. So if you're moving out Barry, it needs to be for a situation that makes your cap hit easier because you're sacrificing an everyday NHL blue liner who helps out on your power play and things like that. So you can't just dump Barry for a contract that's worse than Barry's. That just wouldn't make sense either. Um, Seattle would be jumping all over that, especially like, 
Broberg and Barry for Susie and Eberly, I wouldn't do. Never mind the Pugliarvi thing mixed in there as well. So I don't think if you're going to move Broberg, it's for someone who is going to be here for a minute or sorry, more than a minute. Like trading him for a rental doesn't make sense. I think the thing is to, I just don't see the Oilers moving Barry at all this season. Or maybe he's more of an off season move also. Yeah. Like you're taking him out and he's an everyday NHL player. Like call him what you want. Like I know his defensive work isn't great, but it has improved to his credit. I suppose over the last year, year so. when he played with a good partner. Sorry. Yeah. And I, I think if anyone's going to get moved on this team, it's probably one of those $3 million forwards. It just makes more sense. The depth up front is right there for the team. And like, yeah. I know Yamark's first game wasn't great, but he is an NHL player and he could fill in in your bottom six if you did move a Fogel hypothetically. There's just improving the blue line doesn't mean moving somebody out from this blue line. It means just adding to the blue line. Like you essentially need to replace Ryan Murray is kind of the goal for this yep. team right now. You need to replace Ryan Murray or, or Niemelein and whoever it is on that bottom pair and whatever night. That's the position they need to fill the void in. It's not trading Barry. It's not trading Bouchard. Like it's just f- finding the finding the stopgap until you get to the offseason and you can fill it better when you have more cap space. Well, they, it's exactly what they did with Kulak. It's, they do exactly what you did with Kulak last season is what they need to do this season again. Yeah. I, I think you're 100% right. You're out there looking for Brett Kulak 2.0 and you're getting a good bottom six centerman and, or a third mm-hmm. line centerman. I won't even call the, the target a bottom six centerman. Third line established centerman and a D-man. We know what this team's goals are at the trade deadline already and we're four months out of this thing. Uh, Rusty says, I don't think we should move Yamo or JP. Yeah, I think you, I think you do need yeah. to, when you draft and develop young talent, you can't just be itching to pull the trigger to get rid of them. Look at how a team like Tampa Bay's been built, right? How many of those guys that contributed on those Stanley Cup teams were A, late bloomers, B, they were also guys who they drafted and developed and they became complementary players. Alex Killorn, Andre Palat, I know he's gone now, but Andre Palat was a prime example of it. Braden Point's an extreme example because he was a second-round pick that they just somehow nailed. But Tampa Bay goes out and actively looks for other teams Pugliarvi's and Fo- or and Yamamoto's, right? They go give up picks for Brandon Hagel. They go give up picks for a guy like Nick Paul. They keep and develop guys like Ross Colton as well, who's just another diamond in the rough that they manage to dig up. They go Anthony Sorelli, another example. Like that whole team is drafted and developed forwards. And while you need to at some point push the chips in and make some trades and things like that, I also don't think you can sit there and just move on from every prospect you have at every level because I want this rental, I want that rental. While you may keep 80% of your attention on loading up at the deadline, you still got to keep 20% kind of going, okay, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl are going to be here for a while. We want to win a cup this year. The Oilers are in a great spot to win a Stanley Cup this year. I still believe that. But if you just sit there and go, we're trading Yamo, trading JP, trading Broberg, trading the first round pick, what's going to happen is two years from now, you're going to sit there and have a bunch of aging veterans, no second wave of young talent that's cheap and helps you against the cap. And you'll have had fewer draft picks for the last two drafts. So it's just not ideal. You need to, you need to pick your spots is what I'm getting at here. I think a good example of that is the Florida Panthers. Right? Like they've literally just shipped everything out to try and win a Stanley Cup, and now they're in a spot where they just don't have that depth 
in the organization like they did three years ago and they weren't able to accomplish it. I think it's times like this where things are not looking awesome for the team that you appreciate having a general manager like Ken Holland, who is patient and knows what he's doing. Like this man's won the Stanley Cup, whatever you want to say about what era and all that kind of stuff. Like he he was able to accomplish it and he's been in the NHL for a long time for a reason. And I'm glad he's our GM. All right. Uh, Rusty in the chat says, I also think that this trade talk in early November is nonsensical. Kenny won't make a move until closer to the deadline. You know what? Damn it, Rusty, mm-hmm. you're right. It is nonsensical. So let's get back to this afternoon's hockey game, the one that's happening in about 90 minutes. Here are your projected lines for the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Yessa Pugliarvi. Yessa Pugliarvi, nine shots on goal since getting moved up to that line. No goals. They need him to get going. Leon Dreisaitl with Zach Hyman and Dylan Holloway. Oh, you're not going to get a better chance in a penalty shot for your first NHL goal. Holloway was buzzing. Bad turnover aside, I thought he had a really solid game. Ryan McLeod with Warren Fogle, and you see just an Oilers jersey there. That's because it's Clem Costin's NHL debut. Or sorry, Oilers debut, I should say. My bad there. Called up from Bakersfield. He is in the lineup as the Oilers are expected to go 12-6. and six. Devin Shore with Derek Ryan and Matthias Yanmark. If it was me, I'd be rolling 11-7 and with Shore out of the lineup tonight. Uh, We'll see in about an hour when the Oilers take to the ice for warm-up if that's what they end up doing. The blue line, Nurse back with Barry. Interesting that they're reuniting that duo. Kulak with Bouchard. I like that. Give Bouchard a steady defensive presence. Why not? Ryan Murray with Cody Ceci. That makes me a little bit nervous, but Cody Ceci is your best peer defender on the right side of things, so maybe there is a little bit of logic in terms of putting him with your your worst left shot D-man. So anyways, that's how the Oilers are expected to line up tonight. Liam, would you go 11-7 and seven or 12-6 and six this, evening, this afternoon? Um, I, I think I honestly would go 12-6 and, 12 and six and just see what these lines roll with. Like, I think Yanmark... And Ryan, I've got that offensive capability to maybe help Shaw out. Shaw hasn't been great the last couple of games, so I can understand why you would do that. But also, I think this blue line is better right now, maybe with just six guys rather than rotating in Nima Line and, and Murray. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think there's also that's also a fair point. Uh, let's look at how the Florida Panthers are going to line up tonight. That top line, Carter Verhaggy with Alexander Barkov and Matt Kachuk back on that Florida Panthers top line after serving a two-game suspension he got for high-sticking or putting his stick in the cage of Kings goalie Jonathan Quick. Carter Verhage on a hell of a run right now, averaging just over four shots on goal per game, four goals in his last five games. Anton Lundell, sophomore, playing in his second season in the NHL. He's on a line with Ryan Lomberg and Sam Reinhart. Sam Bennett with Colin White and E2 Lusterinen. Eric Stahl, the veteran, with Patrick Hornquist and Nick Cousins. Eric Stahl, one of the best stories in the NHL this season. Didn't play last year. Managed to go to Florida's camp on a PTO. Crack the team. He's now playing almost every day. On the blue line, um, it is going to be Mark Stahl with Aaron Ekblad back from his injury. Gustav Forsling with Brandon Montour. Brandon Montour is having an unreal offensive season on that Florida blue, blue line. What a pickup he was. Josh Mahura, St. Albert, Alberta product, playing with Radko Gudis, and Spencer Knight is getting the start between the pipes. This is a Florida team, Liam. Like, you just look at this group here. They aren't as scary as they were last year. They're not as deep as they were last year. They're missing a guy like Anthony Duclair. They don't have Jonathan Huberto anymore. I know they have Kachuk now on that top line. They also lost a guy like Frank Vitrano, who did a good job putting up offense. Like, that's not, they're not as deep as they were last season. 
No, they're not. They're not as scary as they used to be the last couple of years. And they've, like we said, like they went all in the last couple of years to try and win it all. And still a very good team mm. that shouldn't be underestimated. But the Oilers have a good chance to win today. And I think, I think honestly, they're probably the better team when it comes down to it on the day. The Oilers can be better than the Florida Panthers. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, this is the NHL's fourth ranked offense in terms of the Edmonton Oilers, going up against the Panthers, who are ranked 13th in goals for per game. The Oilers have struggled to keep pucks out of their net as of late, but Florida on the season as a whole, averaging three goals against per game, and that's with this little heater Spencer Knight's been on, only allowing 10 in his last five appearances. The Oilers, though, 28th in the league in goals against per game. They're going to have to figure out that number tonight, even if Florida isn't necessarily as scary as they used to be. Let's get to our game day betting report, brought to you by our friends at Betway, the Oilers are road dogs. They won earlier this week against Tampa Bay when they were road dogs. Uh, Liam, plus 145 on the money line. Is that intriguing you? You always got to chase the juice. You never know what's going to happen for the, when they go sure. down to Florida. I don't dislike it. Plus 145 for a team like the Oilers who are very good. You've kind of maybe you got to chase that a little bit. Yeah, I, I will be. I think the Oilers are a decent money line spot here tonight at plus 145. Like we said, road underdogs this season. Just trying to see uh, the Oilers when they are underdogs so far this year, kind of what their record record is. Uh, the While I'm looking that up, over under at six and a half, do you have that up there for any particular reason? Do you like either side of it? I, I kind of like the over. Like, I know the number isn't great. The payout isn't awesome. But, you know, I just I can feel the goal is coming for some reason. And I know we've spoke about how good Spencer Knight and Stuart Skinner are at fire on five. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Oilers are a pissed off team. You know, maybe they can come out and bang a couple of goals and then kind of prove everybody wrong a little bit from what we've all been saying this best week about them. Yeah, why not? Um, if uh, for my recommended bets, you, you got to be hitting Connor McDavid to score. He's doing it every game. They're still offering it at plus money. That's just that's too easy of a spot, in my opinion. I'm going to keep betting it until McDavid starts to go cold in the goal scoring department. Um, what else do I like this evening? I don't mind Zach Hyman to bounce back and nail his shot prop again, and I like the Oilers money line. So those are the three I'll uh, I'll give to everyone. If you can find the Oilers to go like over 31 and a half shots on goal as a team, I think that is also worth just just taking a quick quick little peek at, you know. Um, but I, I think the Oilers have a decent shot here at winning this hockey game here tonight. Florida's won back-to-back, um, but that shouldn't scare Edmonton. Like I said, they rolled in the Tampa Bay and found a way to win that hockey game earlier. Shout-out to Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Sherwood Ford, giant key to the game time. Liam, what do you got? Dictate the game. The Oilers need to be the ones control this game. I've said this for pretty much the last few pregame shows, to be honest, but we need to see an Oilers style of game, and they need to come out and they need to produce um, hopefully play well defensively. I think that's another key thing too. Like even if you do concede a couple of goals early or like at bad times, just then don't break, just keep pushing back. And like we've seen them do and they can come back in any hockey game. So my keys to the game, I play well defensively and dictate the game yourself. I don't hate that. Um, I, for me, it's going to be make life difficult on Spencer Knight. He's playing good hockey. If you're one of those support role guys, pull Yarvi, Fogel, McLeod, whoever, even a Hyman go hard to the net. Try to see if you can get a lucky one. Let Connor and Leon do their thing on the perimeter. You go make life as difficult as you can for this Panthers decor and for Spencer Knight. Florida will give up shots. Take the most of them. Throw a ton of rubber on net. Get a ton of bodies to the front. Chaos in the offensive zone. That means the game gets a little run and gunny. 
that that's what happens. Stuart Skinner's been unreal at stopping high danger shots. He's been unreal at five on five this year. Stay out of the box, create chaos in Florida's end. Let the chips fall where they may. I, I think this is a game where, again, I'm, I'm feeling a little optimistic about the Oilers just because they played so poor against Carolina and they usually know how to bounce back. Uh, all right. Be Clean says it's a Hyman Hattrick day. Love that one. What else we got here? Adam says pool party should probably score a goal at some point. Just a thought. Hey, maybe tonight or maybe this afternoon. Maybe this afternoon. Elaine says Bouchard has been fighting it again this year defensively. My response to that, he's young. Give him some time. Come on now. All right. Liam, we wrap with a score prediction. I'm saying 4-2 Oilers. Shout out to Bag Milk. What are you saying? I will go 5-4 Oilers. I think that's what I said yesterday. 5-4 right. Oilers. There you go. That is going to be a wrap on a, another edition of the Sherwood Ford Giant pregame show. Shout out to Sports Closet as well. Got this beautiful Hyman jersey. Got the all-black lid. Got the nice retro hoodie as well. All that available, sportscloset.ca. Thanks for tuning into the show today. Enjoy the game this afternoon. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back with another edition of Oilers Nation every day on Monday.